Well, good morning again. As we come to God's Word, let's pray. Father, we do thank you that we can be here and as we begin this journey looking at this uh, very provocative, insightful, profound letter called Galatians. Father, I pray that you would transform us by helping us to understand the Gospel more and to believe it and take it into our lives deeper and deeper. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, it's worth saying uh, today's message is brought to you in the power of the Spirit and with the sponsorship of Sudafed. I have felt better. Uh, Today's not one of those days, but uh, so I pray I'm filled not just with the Spirit but also chemicals and they are assisting in both ways. Now, I want to talk to us today about the unique Gospel. And we start a series looking at Galatians. And gospel is one of those words that is very commonplace but I think often misunderstood. And the gospel is a message. Now all of us will hear messages every day. Um, At dinner time, the family will announce or the mother will announce, dinner is ready. It's a message that's often unheeded in my household uh, and has to be repeated several times. Uh, You'll often hear on the sport pages around here, manly has won or manly has lost. Uh, We don't care about anyone else really. Uh, That's the team that matters. In relationships, uh, you'll often hear announcements and messages, someone's getting married. Uh, Sadly, there's also the reality that you'll hear a message that a marriage is breaking up. In life, someone has a baby. It's one of those great messages where you hear it being proclaimed. A baby's been born, it's healthy and everyone rejoices. But again, uh, as is the nature of life, uh, as it is in life, so it is in death and you will hear a message to announce that someone has died and sometimes it's very tragic. Now you think about some of the more significant messages over the last hundred years. Now who remembers this one? It's the 25th of May 1957 and the speaker is John F. Kennedy. I therefore ask the Congress, above and beyond the increases I have earlier requested for space activities, provide the funds which are needed to meet the following national goals. First, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely. Now, I wonder, is anyone old enough to actually remember that message going out? A few of you? Well, it's actually 45 years anniversary today of mankind landing on the moon. I remember uh, waking up on Friday morning being shocked by another message. I don't normally watch breakfast TV. Uh, It's my day off on Friday and for some reason I picked up my bowl of cereal and turned on the TV. And I'm sure many of us were shocked at the message that was being proclaimed. Malaysian airline flight MH17 has been shot down over the Ukraine by rebel forces. And there's a real sense of which I think we feel the world has changed with that one action. And we wait with bated breath to see what will ensue. I remember from a positive time, 4.30 in the morning, uh, who can, oh, I haven't got that picture up there, um, who remembers on the 24th of September 1993 at 4.27 what message was announced? And the winner is Sydney. One Samaranch announced that Sydney had won the Olympic Games. It was a very significant announcement and message for Australia. And you see a gospel is a message. 
And I want to say to us tonight, it is the most important message that you'll ever hear. And a gospel really is a message that has authority. And today we start a series that is really all about the gospel, the letter to the Galatians. And we've called the series, um, Jesus, um, the heart of the matter, how the gospel changes everything. And you see, when we come to this letter, that's what we're going to be seeing and looking at and exploring. How does the gospel change everything? Now, when people hear they're studying the gospel for eight to nine weeks, you might be tempted to think, well, that's for people who are new. We're running Simply Christianity in a couple of weeks' time and they'll get to look at the gospel. And yes, they will get to look at the gospel. Isn't that kind of the ABC of the Christian life? I've been a Christian for years. What will it say to me? And the simple answer is it will have an immense amount to say to us, no matter where we are. And you see, the interesting thing to notice is the letter to the Galatians, if you're not familiar with kind of the history of the Bible, um, you have the Old Testament written, which tells the story before Jesus came, and then Jesus arrived, and the first document to be written that's in our Bibles, after Jesus lived and rose from the grave, is Galatians. It's not the Gospels, they came later on. Uh, it's not the writings of John or Peter, they came later on. Uh, Paul's writing to the letter to the churches in Galatia is the first piece of the New Testament. And what's interesting is this, um, the focus of the letter is all about the Gospel. In other words, the first thing that needed to be addressed in the early church was for the Christians of that day to understand with clarity what the gospel was about in depth and also its implications for life for them personally and for them as a church. And you think about uh, the world that we live in today in terms of the voices that you'll hear. Uh, there's all sorts of claims made by all sorts of groups and people as to what the message of Christianity actually is. And what does it mean to be a Christian? I'm sure you'll hear lots of versions of that. And this letter called Galatians will speak with clarity on that issue. What is the message of Christianity and what it means to be a Christian? There's all sorts of pushes to unite Christians. You'll sometimes hear people dividing Christians. What are we to make of that? Well, the message of Galatians, as it unpacks the gospel, will speak to Christian unity and what the basis of it is. Uh, in our world today, there's all sorts of opinions about the Apostle Paul. And what authority does he have to write? And you think about some of the controversial topics that we're currently going through. You think of the issue of homosexuality. Well, I'm not with Paul, I'm with Jesus. And people will often divide these two people. And what are we to make of that? Well, the message of Galatians will speak to that and help us understand the role and the importance and the authority that the Apostle Paul has. There's all sorts of claims not just in the Christian church, but in life in general, about how you can be transformed. Now, I think all of us here want to be changed to be a better person. Would I be right in saying that? This letter holds the key. And in particular, the gospel holds the power to do that. And Galatians will speak to us about how we can be transformed in who we are. You see, the gospel is not the ABC of the Christian life, it's the A to Z of the Christian life. 
Uh, the gospel that brings people into relationship with God and that it will do is the gospel that will preserve people in their faith, will grow their people in, people in their faith, will enable us to persevere in our faith and help us to mature in our faith. You see, we never move away from the gospel. Now, I imagine many of us here today would say, yes, I'm a Christian. I wonder how many would say, actually, I've stopped growing as a Christian. Uh, I'm dry in my faith. Actually, there's a cynicism about me. Well, it could be for lots of possible reasons. But, you know, at the depth of all of them, the bottom, the root of them all, is this simple proposition. I would say to you it's because you've stopped believing the gospel. You can chase back all of the issues we struggle back with a lack of belief and acceptance of the gospel. You see, that's how significant this message is. It covers and affects everything. And as we go through today and introduce this, I want to say three things. Firstly, I want to address gospel confusion. The gospel is actually simpler than you think. Secondly, gospel authority. It's more important than you think. And thirdly, gospel joy. The gospel is actually far more wonderful than you think. Now, if you've got your Bibles there, we'd love you to get them open and have a look with me at Galatians chapter 1. If you've got your phones, I'll accept that you can get those out. No Facebook, okay? I'm watching you, Scott. It is page 1151 in the red Bibles under the seats in front of you. And firstly, gospel confusion. It's simpler than you think. When you read Galatians, uh, you don't have to read many verses to see that there's a lot of emotion in this letter. Now, if you read through Paul's letters, he writes to many of the churches that were around the Greco-Roman Empire. He wrote to the Romans, he wrote to the Corinthians, he wrote to Philippi, he wrote to the Ephesians. There's a whole bunch of geographical areas that he administered to and wrote to churches. Uh, they typically have a warmth about them. And so he would write and introduce himself and he had a particular style which was in keeping with uh, the particular rhetorical styles of the day. Uh, he would announce that, yes, this is Paul writing, I'm an apostle, I'm writing on behalf of, uh, with my friends and I'm writing to the church in this area. And he typically would thank the churches for some particular thing that he'd noticed about them. We always give thanks for you in this way. What is so striking and jarring in this letter is that after he gets over the formal niceties, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers with me to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you, etc. Verse 6, I am astonished. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ. You see, this is a letter where there's controversy at heart. Someone is trying to confuse you. There are people who are trying to pervert the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's verse 7. Verse 9. Well, if anyone comes to you and preaches the gospel other than what you accepted, in other words, what you heard from me, let them be, and it's an incredibly powerful word, it's the word we get anathema from. Let them be eternally cursed. Let them be condemned to hell, is what Paul is saying. Uh, there's a lot of emotion here. And you read through verse 1 of chapter 3, you foolish Galatians, 
Who bewitched you? Verse 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 2, mark my words. And one of my favourite verses, I, uh, I'm a bloke, so I can see the irony in what he's saying. He says, as for you agitators, the one who want to have circumcision, I wish they'd go the whole way and emasculate themselves completely. In other words, just cut it right off. They're not exactly the friendly words you'd have over a dinner party, are they? Now, what's the issue? Why is there so much emotion in this letter? Well, Paul is the one who established this church and he preached the gospel to it and he established them in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his grace and truth and peace and mercy. And some others had come behind him after Paul had left and gone on to plant another church and they said, yes, Paul, yes, uh, it's good he's talking about the Lord Jesus, but he left some stuff off. And we will help you kind of become more complete in your spiritual lives. And so, yes, you have Jesus, but um, these people who were the Galatians in modern-day Turkey, they weren't from Jewish background. He said, actually, well, you need to get your male circumcised. And you need to follow the Jewish law to kind of complete what Paul had taught you. And so what they had done, and a word that has described these names or a name for them is Judaizers, they were saying you need Jesus but you need this other stuff as well. It's kind of gospel plus. Now it's the same today, you'll have people who will say you need Jesus but you need these other things as well to complete your spiritual life, have certain experiences, whatever. And Paul writes to them because these people are, in his mind, not just leading them astray, but actually teaching them a different religion. Note the language. They are confusing you. They are perverting the gospel. Verse 7, what they've taught you is a different gospel which is really no gospel. You see, there's gospel confusion. What actually is the message? And is it significant? Well, have a look at verse 6 through to verse 9 when he says, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and they're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ, but even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse, and as we've already said, so I now say again, if anybody's preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And here's the thing that Paul wants to teach us in the context of gospel confusion. The gospel is often simpler than we think. Have a look at verse 3 and 4. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, the gospel is very simple. The message from God to the world is very simple. We are lost in this present evil age. And God has sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
to die for our sins, to rescue us from judgment. Christ has died for our sins. He has risen from the grave. He will one day return. You can see the simplicity of it. The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God our Father. And you see, you can't add to that. You can't add to it. And you can't take away from it either. The gospel is simply a message that you believe. And you accept what God has done on your behalf. And what we want to do in life is think that we are acceptable in some way, shape or form before God. And I often talk to people about this who are new to the Christian faith or exploring the Christian faith and ask them why God will accept them, do they think? And invariably people will say something like this, it's because I've lived a good life or I've tried hard or I've been to church that God will accept me. Now, when we think that way, what we're saying is it's because of our efforts and our life and our background and our morality and you just add, it's me that God is accepting because of what I've done. But the message of the Gospel is that God has done it all in Christ and will never be good enough. And it's only by His grace and mercy And we simply have to accept it and believe it and receive Christ as our Lord and Saviour into our life. It's that simple. And the second thing is this, uh, the gospel authority. It's more important than you think. You see, the gospel has an authority. And note the language there in verse 8 and 9. If we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach, you let them be eternally condemned. You see, what Paul is saying is um, he as an apostle has no authority to change the message. Even an angel from heaven cannot come and change the message. If I can put it this way, um, our archbishop can't change the message. The Pope in Rome can't change the message. Bruce here at St Matthews can't change the message. You can't change the message. The message is from heaven. And it's a message of God's grace. And that is the gospel. The sad thing is, it's amazing in our world today how many people will try and change the message. Uh, Kath and I went to Melbourne. We had a few days down there, courtesy of MasterCard credit card points. And uh, we whack all our bills on and get a reward at the end and it's good. And we went and toured the city and we went to a cathedral down there, an Anglican one. And I thought, the thing that struck me as I went through that cathedral was this. Uh, I kind of looked with certain eyes uh, at what's in there. And there was incredible architecture, beautiful place. Um, but I couldn't find one thing about the gospel. There wasn't anything which communicated about what God had done for us in Christ for visitors to take and take away. The only sign they had was for visitors that if you want to take photographs, you'll have to pay for it. And I thought, heaven forbid, what have we got to? That people have to pay to photograph inside a church. 
The church does not control the message. The church is merely authorised to proclaim the message. And that's all we can do. And that's the authority I have. Now, I have a certain authority as a senior minister that is given to me by you as the people. You receive me as your minister. The Archbishop gives me a licence to minister here and to preach the gospel. But it's worth saying all of us actually are under the authority of the one God and the authority of the gospel. And we cannot change that message. It is so important. And the third thing is this gospel clarity. The gospel is more wonderful than you think. Let me ask us a question. I asked before, who here would like to have their life better? Who here would like to have their life transformed? I think all of us would say yes. I mean, who here would like to have uh, their life filled with God's love? Now, I'm speaking rhetorically, but I'm sure no one here would say no to that, would you? Who here would like to be filled with the Spirit and filled with God's joy that you had within you this happiness and joy that just welled over? and changed your whole demeanour? Who would like to know and feel that they are at peace with God? That you've got an assurance that when you die, you will be with God in heaven? Not just maybe, but that deep sense of confidence that you are at peace with God, that you know him, Who here in their dealings with the ups and downs of life would like to know more patience, that they can cope more with what life throws at them? Who here would like to be more kind to other people, that your life is marked by kindness? Who here would like to be filled with goodness, that sense of which the evil that we struggle with within is being overcome by a goodness. Who here would like to be more faithful in their relationships with their spouses, their friends, their children, their parents? Now I think if we're honest, all of us would say yes, wouldn't we? Now when you get to the end of this letter, it's interesting because you see that is the fruit of believing the gospel. If you want to be filled with the Spirit and walk in the power of the Spirit, the way we access that is by believing the gospel more deeply and receiving Christ every day in his blessings. You don't ever move away from that, is what Paul says in this letter. The gospel that converts you and brings you into God's family is the gospel that grows you and sustains you and matures you and transforms you. You see, the gospel is about what God has done for us. Have a look at verse 3 again. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the gospel proclaims what Christ has done on the cross and in his resurrection. And flowing from that is what God then gives you as you believe that good news. 
He actually gives us grace and he gives us peace. Now, grace is his unmerited favour, but it's more than that. You see, we are receiving his favour and his forgiveness, but grace is also his power and his presence. Uh, It's where we get the word charismata, the gifts to serve him. They are the graces that God offers us. And when God gives us grace, he gives us forgiveness and he gives us his personal presence. The blessing of the gospel is the gift of his spirit. He actually comes and lives in us. It's incredible and we'll see this through the letter. There is a strong note of the work of the Holy Spirit in the book of Galatians. And you think of peace. To be at peace with God means we are accepted by him. There's a new relationship. We're sons and daughters. You've got a new identity. I mean, you think about one of the issues that we struggle with so much in life. Is it not uh, insecurity? We wonder what people will think about us uh, and we respond negatively and with bitterness at times. We can respond with jealousy because we're not secure in who we are as people. The gospel answers that. It tells you you're at peace with God, you are a child of the Heavenly Father and you know him as Abba Father by the work of the Spirit in your life. And the Spirit testifies with your spirit that you are his child and you no longer have to be insecure about who you are. You can walk proud, secure, loved in Christ. You see, when you believe the gospel, you're given grace and peace and the spiritly powerfully works in us. How do you receive those gifts when you believe the gospel? How do you be transformed? Believe the gospel. Believe what Christ has done for you and accept him deeper and deeper into your life. You see, the problem is, I think we really struggle to believe this basic truth, that God actually loves us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We find it profoundly hard to believe, actually, that it's got nothing to do with my performance. We may struggle with our sin and struggle to believe God can forgive us. I'm not worthy. And the gospel says, no, you're not worthy, but there is one who's worthy and has given his life for you. It's profound. What we need to do, brothers and sisters, if we're to be transformed, is to get gospel clarity and understand the gospel is more wonderful than we have ever imagined. And we need to be born again to a new reality that we are accepted by God, that we are loved by God, that we are filled by God, that we are adopted by God and you can't add to what Christ has done. You can merely accept it into your life. You can merely accept what Christ has done for you and receive his spirit and walk in the power of the spirit, the new life that he offers all of us. It's going to be a great eight weeks ahead because, you see, this message of Galatians will address the gospel confusion that reigns today in churches. 
and it will show us the gospel is more simple than we thought. It will confront us with a gospel authority and how it's more important than we think. But most of all, it will comfort us with gospel clarity and it will reveal to us it's more wonderful than we could ever imagine. That's the wonder of the gospel. It's actually more wonderful than we could ever imagine. Have you been born again? Has the Spirit opened your eyes to the wonderful reality of the gospel? Now it's worth saying if you say I'm not sure, what are you talking about? It probably means you haven't. And so come back next week and listen up and the week after. But more importantly, look up and see that there is a God who loves you and he sent his son to die for you and to pay for all of your sins and he's risen from the grave and he's conquered death and he offers you new life and friendship and peace and grace and mercy and love and all you need to do is believe and accept what God has done for you and receive this Lord Jesus into your life. Friends, that's the gospel. And that's what brings us into faith. It's what grows us in our faith. And it's what will enable us to persevere to the end. May we continue to believe the gospel. Let's just pray and talk to God. I'm just going to give some time to be quiet. And I wonder what would your prayer be this day? How would you respond to what God has done for you in the Lord Jesus? Do you need to believe it more deeply? Do you need to rather come to him for the first time? I'll leave some time now for us to pray quietly and respond to the gospel again today in your words. Let's just pray quietly.